Welcome to The Beauty of Conflict, a podcast about how to deal with conflict at work, at home, and everywhere else in your life. I'm Chris Marie. And I'm Susan. We run a company called Thrive, and we specialize in conflict resolution, communication, and building strong, thriving teams and relationships. Conflict shows up in our lives in so many ways. Most people, unfortunately, are not very good at handling conflict. Most people have never been taught the right tools for dealing with conflict. And then it leads to unnecessary friction, arguments, passive aggressive emails, tears, hurtful comments, stuckness, all kinds of things we don't want. We're on a mission to change all of that. We spent the last 20 years teaching our clients how to handle conflict in a whole new way. We're here to show you that conflict doesn't have to be scary and overwhelming. With the right tools, you can turn a moment of conflict into a moment of reinvention. Conflict can pave the way into a beautiful new system at work, a new way of leading your team, a new way of parenting, a new chapter of your marriage where you feel more connected than ever before. Conflict can lead to beautiful things. We're excited to have Greg and Jennifer Lambert on today. They are the primary owners of Terra Staffing Group. Terra Staffing Group has been delivering a broad range of staffing solutions to clients from small privately held companies to Fortune 500 firms across diverse industries since 1983. They've established themselves as a leader in the staffing industry and have even earned the coveted Best of Staffing Award eight years in a row. Greg serves as a company CEO, And Jennifer is the company's chief revenue officer. Jennifer's mother founded the company in 1983, and the couple has since purchased the majority shares. So Jennifer joined the business right out of college. And a year after joining the business, she recruited Greg. Now, Jennifer refers to that as the best hire she ever made. And this <laughs> she was, was all, dating him. At yes, the time. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and the company, and she still considers her best. Yeah, this is a while ago. The company have 150 full-time staff with revenues approaching 100 million. Greg and Jen not only found a way to work together, they claim that they love it and say that if they weren't running this business, they'd find another business to run together. Now that's something. <laughs> so we're excited to have you both here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you Thank for, you for having us. Yeah. You bet. <laughs> And just so people know, as you're listening to this, they're in different locations. So we are we're doing our first ever with three different unique locations going. So if at different times we overlap, well, we want to keep it conversational. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So, so tell us about how you two came into working together as business leaders, as well as spouses, as you started the company. When I mean, it probably, Jen, you can, you can start because you hired Greg. And then I imagine as things developed... You wound up getting married and then working together. Talk about how that transition went. Yeah, I do joke that he's the best placement that I ever made, and I (laughs) I still stand by that. He, at the time that I recruited him into the business, we were both really young and just starting out our careers. And I don't think either of us thought that we would be here, you know, fast forward. 25, nearly 30 years, actually, you know, it was just meant to, you know, as a family business, it was meant to help out my family, as well as give us both some work experience. And I think we both imagined that at some point, we'd be on to quote, unquote, bigger and better things, but we fell in love with the business. And we really enjoy working together. So not long after he joined the business, we did get married. And our roles have really evolved over time from, you know, at one time, we were peers, on the organizational chart. Currently, he is officially my boss. Uh, (laughs) He he is the CEO. At the time that we decided it was time for that transition in the CEO role, 
we talked about who wants to be the CEO. And I was very much in favor of him being taking on that role because I think his skills are better aligned for that role. And so we today we're on an executive team of five people. There's three others in addition to us. And so we're peers. And I also report to him as our CEO. And it works really well on on 99 out of 100 days. (laughs) (laughs) Greg, do you have anything you want to add? Well, you did notice that she did put boss in quotes. I think that's an important <laughs> distinction there. Uh, no, it, it does work great. I, I think, you know, working together, in, in my opinion, enhances our relationship. I think we learned how to communicate better, both at work and at home, because skills that we would learn at work could transfer to how we would communicate at home. And we really learned how to be more respectful of each other in both venues. And I think that's really added and improved to the relationship overall. Yeah, it is pretty tricky because we're spouses in business too. And it's, you can have a real casual air with your spouse at home. And then when you're in front of an audience or a team, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be a little bit more. Uh, so I, yeah, I appreciate that. You've uh, learned different, one of the challenges of how to actually show up and still have differences, but do it in a respectful way at work. Yeah. Well, what challenges came up around being both partners in life and business over the course of these 25 or 30 years? I'll go first. Thank you, Jen. I forgot to ask. (laughs) (laughs) We're both holding back. Uh, I'll I'll go first. I think that that the biggest challenge is that because there is a personal relationship, sometimes the conflict feels more personal and you don't have the luxury of compartmentalizing. So you get in a fight with your boss at work or you have a disagreement with your coworker, you can go home and vent to your your spouse about it maybe, or you can walk away from, I'm just going to go home, I'll deal with this tomorrow. Well, I go home and he's there. So (laughs) you don't have the luxury of, but I would say to Greg's point about how it's made us better in both spheres uh, by working together, it's because you don't have that luxury, you're forced to deal with it. And that's ultimately, I think, more healthy. But there are times when that bleed over is more difficult. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Greg, do you want to give your point of view? <laughs> yeah, I, I think the main challenge that I will occasionally see is the language that you will sometimes use, even though you believe it's professional in nature at work, it sounds much more personal at when you're as a spouse. And so you may say something quite innocent and the other party may say, hey, you don't talk to your other employees that way. Why do you talk to me that way? Mm -hmm. But you don't necessarily see the difference in tonality always while you're at work. So I think that's something you have to be, for me, I have to be very cognizant of, of making sure that my, I'm not trying to portray any type of tonality to it. Um, and I think I, one thing it makes a challenge for me is I tend to be more passive and more reserved, making sure that I, I don't communicate more powerfully than I'm intending with my spouse, because then it causes, you know, undue conflict when I'm not intending it to happen. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you kind of hold back in dealing with Jen because it. I, I don't hold back, but I, I will be more patient in terms of my communication. So maybe I may not say it in front of a full group and I may say it more privately where the communication can be a little bit more casual and professional simultaneously. Got it. Ah, okay. okay, Jen, do you agree with that? Do you think he holds back? <laughs> I can't help but ask. Are you trying to start something, Susan? Uh, <laughs> let's demonstrate how we work through conflict right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Yes and no. Yeah, that is something. Actually, that's feedback he's gotten from our executive team. I think he's gotten a lot better about it, that they've sometimes felt like he was holding back. And mm. and nobody wants him to hold back. We understand why. I mean, I think we understand why he does that sometimes. He's gotten a lot better about that. But I do agree with him that there are things that we'll say to each other that if we just said it between the two of us, it would be fine. But when you say that same thing in front of other people, it feels different. So like yesterday, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, just a tiny example, we're having in a, in a meeting, he stopped me because I was going on. And if it had been just the two of us, and he'd said that to me, it would never have bothered me. But because there was another person present, it felt different. And so yeah. it's not even inappropriate how he said it. It's just that just being in a different context, it feels different. I think that's what he's referring to those, those types of yeah. interactions. I just had a question. Do you think it feels, does it feel different between you two or does the the other person interpret it as different? Or does it, even when it lands for you, Jennifer, it feels like, oh, I didn't like that. The person who's not in this couple? Yes. (laughs) The third person. I I can't speak to how it feels for them. I, one of the things we're really mindful of, we, we've heard horror stories of family business or couples in business where there's this family dynamic that's really uncomfortable for others to have to witness. And we are really cognizant of that. We don't call each other pet names in front of other people where we keep our communication professional. I mean, I think people are always aware that there is that relationship, but it's not. Um, We've actually had some employees who didn't realize right away that we were a couple or they thought, oh, family business, are they siblings? I mean, it's, we really try not to make that dynamic to front and center. Got it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when we, we came and worked with you a few years back, and I'd be curious, what prompted, and Jen, you can you can answer first, and then Greg, you can... I think you should switch it up okay, this time. Okay, Greg, Give you Greg can answer read. first. <laughs> <laughs> what prompted you to bring us in and, yeah, to work with your leadership team? Just talk about that. Yeah, well, for a year-end executive uh, meeting, I uh, wanted to bring in a facilitator because of the topics that we were wrestling with, I felt uh, would, was best for a facilitator. And the other facilitators that I had interviewed, I just didn't feel would be the right fit for organization. And Jennifer knew of you and and heard you had worked, and she had interacted with another one of the people that you had worked with in the past and recommended you. Excellent. Oh. Jen, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, we really wanted Greg to be able, Greg normally facilitates our retreats as the CEO, mm-hmm. and we wanted him to be able to participate more fully as, as just a participant and not having to wear both hats of a facilitator and a participant. And so really, it was just he was looking for a recommendation for a facilitator. And the time we didn't realize the, all the content you would all, that you would also bring to the meeting <laughs> that ended up being really valuable. So I think early on, our initial impression was just that we were hiring a facilitator to facilitate our agenda, but you brought some content and some tools to it that were really valuable. Excellent. I would just even be curious as to what actually stood out that you know, you've continued to use or even your perspective on conflict, the way we talk about it. What shifted for you in working with us? Jen, why don't you start and then we'll go to Sure. Yeah. I would tell you that at the time that you were introduced some of the conflict tools to us, I thought, well, this will be interesting and this will be, you know, always valuable to brush up on any sort of skill or, or knowledge base. But I would have told you that we didn't have conflict. I mean, we, you know, minor disagreements from time to time, but 
conflict didn't define our team. So it wasn't, you know, at the level of dysfunction, there was a lot of respect. We had a high value for fair play and mutual respect. And so, you know, just the whole concept of, of conflict seemed like I, I approached it with sort of an arm's length curiosity, like, well, this will be valuable. You, you never know when you might need something like this. But that I realized through the process of working with you that Part of the reason we didn't have conflict, I say in quotes, is because we were also not, we were not honestly addressing differences. So we would sidestep each other. We, it was the things that weren't being talked about, or it was the conversations where we would defer too quickly to somebody else just for the sake of being agreeable, even if we didn't fully agree. And I realized that we were, while we weren't, you know, we weren't in the classic ugly conflict, you know, there was no stonewalling or resentment and that kind of thing happening. We were doing a disservice to the business by not really being willing to hang in there when there was authentic moments of disagreement. And, you know, really embracing it. I love the title of your book, The Beauty of Conflict, because I had never seen conflict as beauty. It was something to just get through and Hmm. or potentially sidestep. And now I think our team has a better appreciation for hanging in there and saying, I see it differently and, and being willing to risk conflict in order to get a better result and be true to what is the best interest of the business. Agent, I just wanted to say, I, I know that uh, I'm glad that you love the title. And I believe it was actually you that helped us come up with the second part of the title, which was harnessing your team's competitive advantage, like the using the word. I don't know if you remember that. I, but, I, uh, I mean, thank you for reminding me. I do now. And <laughs> and I and it's authentic. I mean, I, I think the reason I don't remember it, I mean, without some prompting, is that it didn't feel like a, a difficult project to me to help you with that. It felt very authentic that harness, I do believe that harnessing our ability to work through conflict and not run from it, but actually engage it is a competitive advantage for us. Because all you know for certain when two people don't see something the same way is that potentially one of them, maybe both of them are wrong. And it would be to the benefit of the business to figure out which one of them, you know, what, what the truth is, right? So um, instead of just deferring too quickly for the sake of peace, it's a cheap and easy piece that actually yeah, I think I think you're shortchanging the relationship and you're shortchanging the interests of the business. I really appreciate this, Chris Marie, the idea that, you know, you didn't think you had conflict and because conflict can look like just silence. Right. <laughs> it can look like what you said, sidestepping. And until you actually kind of mine for conflict or, no, we really want your ideas. That's when it's not even my idea is right or yours is right. It's actually when we start talking, something new emerges that mm-hmm. neither of us were thinking about before, mm-hmm. right. which is so powerful. Yeah. Greg, we've been chatting. Do you want to <laughs> share <right>. anything? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, you know, from bringing it into the group, I think as business leaders, Jennifer and I were much more comfortable engaging, as you called mining for conflict, like we were much more comfortable with it than I found the other members of our executive team. Mm -hmm. And I think especially for Jennifer and I, we were much more comfortable sparring and dealing with issues in the public than they were. And so I felt it really helped them much more than I realized where I, maybe for myself, I didn't feel like, you know, I was uncomfortable with conflict. I realized how uncomfortable they were with mm-hmm. conflict and it really gave them more tools to communicate back to us. And even in interacting with them, I could gave me more tools to be able to solicit more 
communication from them and, and make sure that they felt comfortable, you know, saying whatever they needed to say. So that's what I found was one of the biggest benefits. That's a great point, Greg. I hadn't thought about that pre our work with uh, you, Chris, Marie, and Susan, that the rest of our team would sit back and watch Greg and I duke it out. Mm. And I say duke it out very lightly. I mean, we didn't really duke it out, but but I think they were very, they're like, okay, well, the, these two will disagree and we'll sit back and see what they come up with. And, <laughs> and finally, you know, I remember one meeting I said, any one of you is free to speak up at any point here. <laughs> Surely yeah. you have an opinion on this because we had two very different opinions on this particular topic. And, you know, they have now found their own voice or found how to use their voice in that, I mean, just yesterday, you know, in a meeting between three of us on the executive team, we had a disagreement about how to proceed with something. And it was so different that conversation than what it would have been pre our working together. We went back and forth. By the end, we came to a decision that we were all bought into, but we were able to be, but we hung in there advocating for why we thought one course of direction was the right one until we all felt comfortable with the outcome. And not just comfortable, but I think we believed that we'd come to the right decision. I love that example, Jen. This is Chris Marie, because I think so often teams do let like, let's let the people in power and you two let them duke it out or figure it out. And right. then we'll, we'll just do the direction they tell us, but they may not have that level of buy-in. They may be thinking in their heads, that's really not going to work. Okay, I'll do it anyway. <laughs> and I think so often organizations that we work with think, oh, it's going to take too much time to have this conversation. You know, we should just make a decision and go on. But the level of buy-in and the creativity that comes up when you have that discussion is so powerful in the long run for the business results and the bottom line business results, really. So true. I was also thinking, this is Susan, and I was thinking about how even when you guys were talking earlier about how you have as a couple, learn to show up and work and do continually keep supporting people on your team or in your business to to not think of you as a couple. And my memory of even, I can imagine, even with that group when we first worked with you, even though you guys were doing that really well, I think for them sometimes, the way that you two had both a personal and business thing could have also been a factor in some of their going background. And I think they even talked a little bit about, not in a big way, not in a way you guys would have even realized, but it was probably something they could say that they might not have said another time that, you know, it's been a while since we had that session. But I think, you know, for them, it was something like both things were true. They knew you as a couple and they knew you as their business leaders leaders on the team. So now what are the tools that I think, and Jen, this might have even come when we were working with a, like a common client. We talked about the, the check it out model and check out your story. Or I think you have been somebody who has taken and run with that. So I wanted you to share, and even if you have an example or share more of how you've used that and what impact it's made for you in the business and personally. Yeah. Even with Greg. Yeah, I, and I'd love to hear Greg's perspective on this too, because I I had heard about the check it out model, not the model itself, but I saw the the artifacts of the model. I saw some of the language <laughs> from the model with a client that you and I had in common, and that's how I first met you. And this client would use language with me, like the story I'm telling myself is this. Is that true or false? And I found that so helpful in my interaction with her. I'd never had a client 
use that sort of language to navigate potential points of misunderstanding or just making sure that we were in agreement or on the same page. And I found it such a helpful, just that particular phrase I found so helpful that I adopted it in my work with other clients and with candidates that we're placing and found it to be helpful to start teaching it to other people as just part of our our language, like this is a great way if, if you're not sure if a person is on board to say, hey, the story I'm telling myself is you're not really on board with this. Am I right or wrong? And I just knew the language. I didn't really know the whole model. And so then when you rolled the model out to us, I remember the, the light bulb was going off over the rest of the team's head going, hey, this is where that the story I'm telling myself <laughs> thing comes from that you use all the time, right? I didn't know that that's where it came from. I just knew I liked it when my client used it with me. <laughs> um, that's how good the tool is that without knowing the model, I could see the value, right? I could see that it helped us work together better. And that language has really permeated our culture now. Mm-hmm. We use it all over the place. I'd, I'd love to hear from you, Greg, about your perception because you have you were newer to that model. Where I see the model really transforming in our business is it helps us with dealing with our clients. And we're able to sometimes change a customer service perspective where we can say, okay, so what story are you telling yourself about this client and allowing the recruiter, they don't even, they're in conflict with someone that they can't really engage in conflict with. Mm-hmm. And it allows them to work through the scenario and help them articulate all their misperceptions or perceptions of a, of a situation. That's one of the things that I have found that the tool really kind of has enhanced our business. And for me, what I found is I'm able to ask people their side of the story and give them language that they can use when communicating. So I'll typically ask, well, how do you see things? What's your perspective on the story? Or how do you perceive what I'm trying to ask or communicate? And just taking more time to dig into their perspective than necessarily advocating for my position. But Greg, I've also seen you use it to check your own thinking, which I think has been a huge value and benefit for you, where you've you've really checked in with your own story. Do you agree, Greg? Yeah, I like my story. I like to hear it. <laughs> We're always the hero of our own story, right? Exactly. Always the hero. Hey, I want to note, and this is because you folks have also, you two as a couple, have gone through a remodel and a great vacation. And then I think now you have family living with you. So how has that, you know, those are not easy experiences for most of us. Maybe they've been better for you folks, but what has helped you get through those stressful decision-making, you know, time, you got to get those answers. Let's just be a little more clear. Often those decisions bring up a lot of conflict (laughs) or tension. We'll call it tension, even if it's loving tension when family is living with you. So we would love to hear from you how that's gone. Yeah. Greg, why don't you start? Well, I'll speak from the uh, family perspective. I think it's the most recent and for my mind. And even though Jennifer sometimes kind of gently teases me. I set a foundational meeting where I expressed what my goals were for having them move in and what my hopes were that we could accomplish and wanted to get their hopes and what their goals of moving in together was. And so even just on Sunday, uh, we have when we have a Sunday family dinner, I had a meeting, which it's just <laughs> as corny as it sounds, yeah. where, <laughs> where I, I'm going to express how, how is things going? Do you have any problems? Do you have any questions or anything you need help with? Are we doing anything to inconvenience you? 
it gives us an opportunity to express any frustrations or problems we have in a very hopefully safe and it's kind of uncomfortable, especially when dealing with family, to deal with those types of topics. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, they're talking, there's parenting issues involved because they have two small kids. And I've just found that utilizing a more straightforward where you can express yourself and give people a forum to express themselves back is really what will build the relationship stronger. This, it sounds like, Greg, you've done a great job of taking what you've learned in business and applying it really well in the family (laughs) environment, setting up the meeting, giving the structure, having goals. I love it. It's, you know. Yeah, I mean, just her backstory for your audience, our family is living with us for about six months while they, this is my brother and his wife and their two toddlers, preschoolers, I should say, three and four-year-old, super active three and four-year-old. And they're in the process of building a home. So they'll be with us for six months while they build a home. And yeah, the meeting that we had with them was, here are our goals for, well, here's what we would hope would happen over the next six months. We hope that by the end of six months, we like you even more and <laughs> that we're closer and that we build even, you know, some better, tighter bonds with your children. And they all, they share those goals as well. And so when Greg started this meeting on Sunday night, one of his expectations too, is that insofar as it's possible that once a week, at least once a week, we'll share a meal together and talk about how it's going. And so sure enough, in the middle of our dinner, he said, okay, I want to, here's, it's time for the meeting. And everybody kind of laughed like, all right, great. Here's come to the agenda. He just restated the goal. He said, this was our goal at the beginning. How's it going? And he just keeps bringing us back to that. And it's the same thing he did with our contractor when we did our, our remodel. Everybody That's had told great. us remodels are horrible and nightmares. And, and it wasn't for us. And partly we chose the right general contractor. That helps. But at the beginning, we had a meeting with the general contractor. And we said, here's our goal. Our goal, besides being on time and on budget, which we weren't either. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> happens, but we were close enough. But our bigger goal was that by the end of this project, we like you even more than we do today. And that we can be a great reference for you. And that we can, we both have, I, me especially, I have a pretty active social media presence. I want to be bragging about how great my contractor is. It'll be good for me. It'll be good for you. And every week we, we had a meeting. Greg insisted on a once a week meeting with our contractor. We'd go over how things were going, details of the project, but also how are we doing in the, our relationship and, you know, where are we on track, where are we off track? And it was, it was great. I love it. That's I great. absolutely and you did brag. We watched your remodel well, on social media because we're going to tag them and and give yeah. them as much exposure as they were earning, right? Like if you do great work for me, I will toot your horn. If you do bad work for me, I'll also toot. Yeah, <laughs> you won't like the, the tune, but uh, you know it's their choice whether they're going to do great work or not. And and they did they did great work. That's fabulous. And even like with the family, I love the meeting because often even with couples, when we're working with couples, there's such differences with space, expectations on how things are neat or tidy or not, uh, pacing when people come on time or not. So those are all. And it's also so easy when you go home to kind of think, oh, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about this. It's going to happen naturally. And I love that, you know, Greg, you kind of said, we're going to have a meeting because it doesn't happen naturally. And nine times out of 10, couples are making and families are making really important decisions, you know, while they're brushing their teeth or sitting over the kitchen table, you know, not with any sort of structure. And so the decision isn't as strong. So, well, and I think the advice I would give to anybody is even when we're doing this family meeting, every chance during that meeting, people were trying to escape from it. 
they were trying to <laughs> change the topic and move away from because that type of meeting environment is very conflict oriented, right? There's because yeah. you're right on the edge of conflict, right? Because you are discussing whether there's going to be a problem or not. And so you have to be willing to pull people back to the conflict to say, mm-hmm. we're not done yet. Don't escape. Hang in there emotionally. <laughs> and, and I find in whether it be business or in personal, that being comfortable enough to pulling people back into the conflict will make it stronger at the end. A premature escape is never good. <laughs> yeah. And that, that people will want to do that, opt out and get out of there. And I love the encouragement to kind of hang in. We call it real-time permission. This is going to, it might be uncomfortable, but this is important because otherwise it'll squirt out somewhere else. So good on you for doing that. Yes. Snacks for Greg and Jen. Yes. <laughs> I love just where we've covered from where you guys started in the business and the amazing job you have done as a couple, but also with your executive team and growing your business and then bringing it back to also how this applies at home, doing a remodel, bringing family to live in your home. So I've actually enjoyed the rich journey that we've taken with you guys. And we love that you are willing to share your time and your stories with our listeners and us. So thank you. Do you have any closing comments before we finish up? I would just say, just just in the interest of keeping it real, (laughs) one of the things you brought up about having that intentional place, one of the things Greg and I have realized recently is that we have all these intentional places for meetings in our business and meetings with this, with our family living with us. And we're now working on creating more intentional meeting space for us. Um. Everybody everybody (laughs) in our business has a one-on-one with their boss. And even though he may be my boss in quotes, he still is my boss. And so one of the things we've realized is that we have not been doing that for ourselves. And so that- That's what's next for us as far as pushing, pushing that yeah. issue. It's That's so easy great. to make, take care of everybody else, but not take care of you too. Yeah. Well, we talk all the time, right? To your point, yeah. Yeah. We, we talk all the time. And so these decisions are being made while you brush your teeth or they don't get made because, well, we talked about it, but we never made a decision because it, we're all mm. talking about business. So, so just trying to create more intentional space where we have an agenda and, and work through things. That's, That's great. great. Perfect. Greg, did you want to say any final comments or, you know? No, I've enjoyed really having you have us on and being able to share our story. And I appreciate all the help you've provided us over the years. Oh, yeah. excellent. Well, you'll have to also get our couples book because that's where we talk about conflict, how it deals with more personally. Yes. So, that's coming out in September. You two so. blend both worlds, which I yeah, really love. We love that. So thank you so much. Well, that was fun having Jen and Greg on. Oh, yeah. It was, and it was so cool to, even that they were in different locations. So we had to come up with a way to easily and effortlessly manage and navigate through our conversation. <laughs> I know. That was perfect. And I love what was really neat is at the end there, having the family meetings and how much people want to escape that family meeting because you, you're bumping up to the edge of conflict and people were all so uncomfortable. Yeah. We want to opt out and get out of there and to keep coming back to that container and that conversation. I thought that was powerful. And I I so wish we had recorded just a touch longer because (laughs) some of the things that Greg was saying also were so applying in terms of part of the reason that happens is because people don't want to be vulnerable and that is hard. And I think, you know, so that was a rich part that wasn't even on the recording, but I think was a neat thing that he said afterwards. That because we avoid it, we avoid that conversation because we don't want to show up and maybe have different expectations and say something Mm -hmm. that, you know, be vulnerable and say, I'm uncomfortable with this or I don't like this. Yes. But how it changes things when we do. 
Yes. And what I loved about the overall interview was, you know, they have been so successful at mm-hmm. being able to navigate being, you know, Jen's boss is Greg <laughs> and Jen hired Greg. And, you know, yes, there's all sorts of dynamics that come up in family businesses. And sometimes it can be pretty darn ugly and messy. And they have done an amazing job of working with each other and through their own stuff and being able to actually provide a space for the people they work with to show up and more real. And because I know sometimes that's a hard thing to do when you're not in the family. Yeah, so. exactly. And for, I really loved how Jen was talking about the other people in the meeting would watch Jen and Jen and Greg, you know, figure it out. And she, they both really created a space I think she was saying after working with us to, for them to come forward. And now mm-hmm. it's, they're much more on even ground and get much better results, which I think was terrific. And I love how she referenced how she got introduced to check out your story. And indeed we do know that client who we feel very warmly towards. <laughs> and the fact that, you know, she was using it without even fully getting it, yeah. but it was, had such a profound effect for her. And that was great. Yeah. So overall, we really enjoyed our time with them. And again, Jen was the one who helped us with our title. Yeah, I, so. I totally forgot that. That was so cool. <laughs> and uh, yes, we loved having them on. Hopefully you enjoyed them. And and let's just be clear. If you have a staffing issue, Terror Staffing is oh, a good place awesome. to call. Hey, <laughs> I actually want to say, even out here in Montana, we ran into a staffing person, another person who owns a staffing company, and she was like, oh, Tara Staffing? Yeah. They are honored so far and wide. So yes. That's great. And now we know why. Yeah. So hopefully you've enjoyed this and we look forward to hearing you. And please, if you like the broadcast, give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Beauty of Conflict podcast. If you're in a couple and you want to work with us and the horses, then come and join us for our Couples Mojo program. The next Couples Mojo program is going to be happening at Apache Springs Resort in Arizona. This is a beautiful location and it will be happening October 25th to the 28th of this year. Now, for those of you wondering, why would I come to a Couples Mojo <laughs> program? Well, not only do you get the benefit of some of the things we've learned over the years, but if you have any hesitation about giving your significant other feedback, trust me, the horses will give it to them for you. (laughs) And rarely do couples take the time to step out of their busy lives and engage and digest and look in their relationship. And when you do, you can increase your intimacy, your passion, your aliveness, and your emotional connection. So it's a really fun time and Apache Springs is beautiful. We'll also be doing one in Montana in the springtime. So stay tuned for more information about that. You can sign up for Couples Mojo on our website, which is www.thriveinc.com. T-H-R-I-V-E-I-N-C. I dot com. Did I say that right? <laughs> yes, you said it correctly. You can also find our articles, join our newsletter there, buy our other books, and learn more about other programs we're going to be offering. And if you enjoyed this show, please tell a few friends or post a five-star review on iTunes. Your review helps new listeners discover the show. More people listening to this show means less friction and arguing and suffering out in the world. So that's a great thing for everyone. Okay, thanks for listening. Hope you have a peaceful, productive, and beautiful day.